This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Live from YouTube, it's The Stacking Benjamin Show. Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we're coming to you thanks to Benjamin Franklin, who on this day in 1752, flew a kite in a lightning storm and discovered electricity. (laughs) And I thought I was a hero for picking up the meat tray on the way into work today. So if flying a kite is all it takes to achieve greatness, apparently meat trays aren't enough, how do you find ways to become better with less work? Helping us talk about how getting more lazy can spruce up your portfolio, we welcome the author of Control Your Retirement Destiny, Dana Onspaugh. Also, let's welcome a man who was there to hold the kite for Ben Franklin from LenPenzo.com. It's Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> Just kidding. It's only Len Penzo. Also, with us, a man likely to tell you to go fly a kite. It's OG. And now, a guy who's here to light up your retirement plan, Joe Salcihai. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Friday. Let me be the first one to welcome you. I'm Joe Salcihai, Average Joe Money on Twitter. And we are, for the first time, coming to you live from YouTube with the Friday show. We're going to be doing these live all summer. So if you can join us And it's always fun to say the word Friday, uh, normally a Monday, when we record this early in the week, nothing I like better than saying welcome to Friday. Uh, We record these Monday, 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern, do the math on wherever you are on our YouTube channel at Stacking Benjamins. But we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about how being a little bit lazier with your money is the key to success. Let's start off with the gentleman across the card table from me. It's Mr. OG. How are you, buddy? That's me. Yes. Thank goodness you and I don't have a five-second delay between our discussions. Just between your synapses. <laughs> nice. And he's going to pause for effect. That's fantastic. I was trying, but <laughs> Doug ruined it. <laughs> Doug ruined it. And the gentleman who's coming to us from deep under Los Angeles, the guy who really apparently, according to Doug, held the string to the kite. For Ben Franklin, is it true, Len? Were you there? Rumor has it, but uh, I will never admit to that at all. Never. Can neither confirm How are you doing? nor deny. I'm great, man. How are you? You ready for this weekend? Uh, I, uh, of course, I'm ready for every weekend here. And uh, I'm just glad to be amongst all of you good looking people. Great to be on YouTube so I can see everybody and doug of course pointing to himself on youtube you miss you miss all the visuals when you hear the audio only and wondering what the heck she's doing here with us back 
It's about time that the property values on this podcast are going up. Dana Ansbach is here. How are you? I am doing great. Happy to be back. And yes, on Spock or on spa, I will answer to either one. Just what? Don't can call me just, late for dinner, whatever the phrase is. I yeah. don't know. No. Can we just for for my ego, can you just specify which of the two of us said your name correctly? Well, definitely it was you. Yes. Oh. Yes. <laughs> yes. Dana, for the for the people, Dana, whatever your last name is, for all the for, for the two people that, that don't know what you do, tell everybody what you do. Well, I have a fee-only investment advisory firm that specializes in helping people transition into retirement. So that point in life where you have to live off your acorns, that's really what we do. It's very different than the accumulation phase. And I have a lot of material out there, books, Control Your Retirement Destiny, a course on the great courses called How to Plan for the Perfect Retirement. So lots of materials that help people plan for that later stage in life. I also like uh, following you on Twitter. You're Twitter handle off the top of my head, uh, uh, retire before it's, 55. It's at money over 55 at money after at, 50 swing and a miss. I was so yep. close. Close at money over 55. Yes. I love Twitter. It's my, my one and only just about social media channel right now. The less social media I have to do, the better. I'm just so yeah, <laughs> please, please, please. No. Well, good news. We're going to talk about doing nothing and how that can help your portfolio results today. We've got Dana here. We got Len here. We got OG. We got Doug. But first, this episode sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, Staggers, is Military Appreciation Month. You know what that means. We are recognizing all of our stackers in the audience my good friend Nords, Doug Nordman, who uh, some of you may know, he is a writer in personal finance. He's a guy I'd like to do a shout out to. He is such a giving member of the FIRE community, the Financial Independence Retire Early community. Uh, Nords will do anything for you. It's just, just, I think some of that comes from his time on a submarine, like my nephew Colin, who's on a submarine right now, and all the work that uh, he did there. Just a super giving member of the community. And you know what? A Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate their members who go above and beyond, not this month, but every month. Navy Federal offers members only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Here's one of their offers in honor of Military Appreciation Month. Join and get $50 when you open a credit card. Of course, you want to have your whole debt strategy planned out, don't you? Don't just go open a credit card willy-nilly, as mom says. Uh, here's a disclaimer. You got to join, open your membership savings account between May 1st and May 31st. So get on it stackers. Annual percentage yield is a 0.25% for membership savings account, $5 minimum balance to open, maintain your membership savings account to obtain the bonus. Visit navyfederal.org for full terms and conditions. That's just one of the things they have a 24 seven help for their U S based service members. They have resources all over the place. 
head to navyfederal.org for full terms, conditions, and other offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA Equal Housing Lender. All right, let's get this party started, shall we? piece comes to us from a blog called The Science of Well-Being. Uh, Lori Santos uh, wrote this, Dr. Lori Santos. And the piece that inspired us today is do nothing, stay in bed, be idle, how to live a bit better by doing a bit less. And this is something, OG, that I think today, especially when we see things like all these productivity numbers that come in, I mean, when people look at stocks, they look at how efficient is everybody, right? We are so worried about efficiency, efficiency, efficiency. I I think at some point that might blow up on our face. Well, and and you look at the outcome of COVID and everybody working from home, the assumption was that everybody was going to be super lazy and not get anything done. But in fact, there was more productivity, got more done by having the flexibility to do it when you wanted to, which may be a different issue altogether. That could be a problem if you can't separate that work and home stuff. If you, you know, your dining room table is also your office, but yeah, I don't think uh, lack of productivity is an issue for most people, honestly. But do you think, Dana, that, you know, as OG talks about the malaise that was uh, the time of COVID and COVID continues, do you think that this becomes a problem that we don't have these time off days anymore, these times when we're not thinking about work, it's all just kind of muddied together? I think it's a big problem. We only have so much energy and and when you're constantly on, your brain never gets to refresh and recharge. And you know, we just had a, an employee out for a week and she said she managed Wednesday through Friday to not check her emails. But that means Monday and Tuesday of last week, she was still in there. And we were talking about it literally two hours ago about the importance of just checking out and having that true downtime. It's really, really important. Seriously, how far into vacation, Dana, do you have to go before you're actually on vacation mentally? Because it takes me a good two days. Yeah, probably about two days. And and a lot of times I'll schedule like a few completely offline days where I'm not allowed to do anything. And then I'll have to have like a few hours to check in. And then I can have a few more offline days and then a few hours to check in. But there's this thing we do, OG, where we naturally check our phone, right? Like how do you avoid checking your phone every, you know, 12 minutes when you're on vacation? Well, it's not about not checking your phone. It's about not checking work stuff. So you just have to disable the work things on your phone. You know, we have a completely virtual team, both for Stacking Benjamins and for our planning firm. And our rule is if you don't want to be bothered, you should have your phone on Do Not Disturb. And uh, and I was alerted to that fact this morning when my phone rang at eight o'clock and I was still blissfully asleep, you know, oh, <laughs> which is one my, of the things they talk about in this yeah, article, sorry, like sleep dude. longer. Like I'm in for that. But that was my fault for not having my phone on Do Not Disturb. And it was one of our team members who's like, hey, good morning. You got time for a question? I'm like, uh, yeah, sure. Go ahead. <laughs> Are you feeling okay? You don't sound, you don't sound so good. Like, uh, well, you woke me up. So um, that's, a, that's a good problem to have. 
I like turn your, that. Turn your stuff off. That's the easy way to do it. But Len, you've seen the nature of work. I mean, you've been working for the man for how many years? And you've seen the nature of work and the amount that, that the workplace demands from you. I, I'm sure it's changed over your career. The demands have not changed, but the technology uh, has changed to the point where it does make it harder for you to check out if you want to check out. You don't think that the demands um, from your boss has changed? Because I, I hear from most people that, you know, eight o'clock at night, nine o'clock at night, still in, in the game where it used to be five o'clock, I could go home. Well, for, for me, you always had to do that kind of thing. So the, the thing is, though, now is like OG said is for your own sanity, you, you have to recognize that you have to be your own person. And sometimes you have to tell the company or your boss or whoever uh, I'm just not reachable after a certain time. That's just the way it is. I'm sorry. I'm not beholden. I know you're paying my paycheck. I'm putting in extra hours. But there is a point where, you know what? It's off limits. And and you've got to draw that line. And you've got to, you have to set that line with your boss. Otherwise, they are going to take advantage of you. You just absolutely have to. And if that means turning off your phone and throwing it in the drawer, then you do that after, say, you know, six, seven, eight o'clock at night. Because you'll just drive yourself nuts. The, the company will take everything they can from you if you let them. I want to stick with you for a second, Len, because as P says, it's not hard to find self-help books and business gurus telling you that in order to be happy and successful, you need to be fully committed to your goals and give 100% every waking second of the day. But I'm more interested in the people who recommend a more moderate approach, she writes, even extolling the virtues of sometimes shock horror doing nothing. And I don't even look at that as more moderate I just think doing something 100% of the time every waking hour of the day is a path to burnout. I totally agree with that. You've got to have downtime. You've got to have at least an hour a day, two hours a day where you don't do anything. You just got to let go and get away and just do something, do a crossword puzzle, play a Sudoku, or just sit in a room and meditate. But you've got to have that alone time. Uh, Otherwise, you will burn out. Dana, before we hit record, you told us about a mentor that had a great phrase about the power of doing nothing. Absolutely. Kathy Colby, it's K-O-L-B-E, is the founder of a series of assessment tools. And she has a book called Five Rules for Trusting Your Gut. And one of them is do nothing when nothing works. It's my favorite one of her five rules. And it goes through my mind all the time when I'm in overdrive. And I realize it doesn't matter how many emails or messages, like I just need to check out take two or three hours to, you know, as Len said, really meditate, be quiet, sit and stare at the blue sky, you know, look at my dog, whatever it might be, <laughs> something to just let my mind quiet down. We're more creative or we respond better. There's just so many benefits to having that downtime. Do you block out downtime in your day? So I have just started that practice recently. So I'm in a, a leadership training program. And that's one of the key things is they're teaching is you have to have this, they call it strategic thinking, or we call it white space time. So I am blocking white space time on my calendar. And it is making a big difference. Doug knows white space time. He's there about four out of every five hours of the day, I think. <laughs> Fairly certain. Tabula rasa is the technical term for it. And that's what my brain is. I thought it was like Hakuna Matata is what the, the phrase was. <laughs> no? What's that? Tabula rasa? What does that mean? It's, blank it's literally slate. blank slate. Blank slate. Yes. Uh-huh. That's what my brain is. I'm just ready to accept super intelligent ideas. And then the stuff you guys say. Oh, wow. 
just zoom that one almost <laughs> past us. Uh, uh, OG, you and I are in a coaching program that you that you recommended to me, Strategic Coach, where doing yeah. nothing is a key component. Well, you know, it's just a philosophy that I think is backwards and is broken for most people. And, and we're in the process of hiring some new people to our team. And, and we we're talking about it in kind of our interview process. It's like, everybody thinks that you got to work really hard in order to earn time off. You know, if I work really hard, then I can go get some time off. But especially in our jobs, you know, thinking about content creation for the show and being creative. And Dana, you and I have the similar, you know, financial planning businesses and thinking about how to think about strategically helping clients and all the other stuff that goes on with running a business. You have to have the capacity to do that. And the way that Joe, you and I have been taught on this and I have been for a long time is in order to work really hard, you have to have had time off and you do your best work immediately following an extended amount of time off. And that could be a weekend or it could be a week or whatever the time period is. But we were talking about this in this interview the other day where I said, you know, you never get a client email on a Sunday afternoon that says, hey, by the way, I won the lottery yesterday. I can't wait to talk to you about it. Most client emails on Saturday or Sunday start out with, I've been doing some thinking. <laughs> and and it's, it may not be bad. It just may be a list of things that's yes. on their mind or, or, you know, or it may be bad or, you know, who knows. But nevertheless, if you see that on a Sunday at noon because you don't have the discipline to turn your phone off on Friday or Thursday, whenever your last day is, and you see it. Now, what did you just do? You took the entire rest of the day on Sunday, which should have been for rejuvenation so that you're good to go on Monday. And you just started grinding that out. Like, how am I going to reply to this? Maybe I should do it right now. Yeah. He wrote it on Friday at six o'clock at night. And now it's already Sunday at two. And now you've consumed that and you've taken away the opportunity to really, you know, uh, rejuvenate over the weekend. Your weekend's example. done either way. Like either way, whether you, whether you respond or not, your weekend's done because if you don't respond, you're going to panic about it. If you do respond, then you're still going to ruminate over, well, let's see. And you're setting up the wrong example, right? I mean, you know, like Len said, and I know Doug, you've said this to me as we've talked about different business things and that's like, you know, some of this is incumbent on the employer, right? Like if I send, if I send a text message to a team member or I send an email at 10 o'clock at night to somebody And then I also say, oh, by the way, you don't have to really read it, but it's coming from the boss. You know, it's kind of like, well, I know he says I don't have to read it, but maybe I kind of do have to read it. And I bet he probably wants me to read it. You know, that's kind of sort of our responsibility as leaders also is to not allow that sort of nonsense into our environment. Yeah. And you create the culture, right? We've talked about that too, as the leader, whether you're the ultimate boss or even just the leader of your team, you create the culture. I want to challenge a phrase you used at the beginning of that OG, either challenge or just pivotal, but we're, oh, it's on like Donkey Kong. (laughs) I work really hard, so I deserve the time off. And I think that has sort of been built into us as a culture, at least in Western culture, it's been built into us for the last maybe 75 to a hundred years. hundred percent. But I think what really we can do as business leaders, what we can change is I deliver and I've, I've created this value. So then I can have the time off because it's not about how much time you're putting in. It's about what you're delivering. And so if you are able to have that white space time or do whatever you need to do so that you can kick ass on Monday morning and deliver something in 45 minutes, who cares if it took you six hours to do it or 45 minutes, you delivered something of value. I led a 
consulting team at the nation's second large health insurer and a new CEO came in and was troubled by the huge mix or percentage of tens of thousands of associates who were working from home. The, the company grew by acquisition over years and years and years. And a lot of those people were in working in places and living in places where we didn't have offices. And so by that very nature, they started working out of their homes. And she wasn't a real fan of that, wanted to find a way from a culture perspective. How do we pull everybody together? Because felt like culture really grows from being together physically. Bit of a misnomer or a, a, a misdirection, if you ask me. So we were asked to create this study on... Um, what would it take to move everybody back into the office? And uh, beside the just astronomical financial burden it would take to move everybody into the same office, what we found when we went in to look a lot of data is the retention of people who were working from homes at the company was significantly higher than people who were working in the office. The amount of time it took to recruit and the cost to recruit new people to work out of their homes was a lot lower than it was to create people, recruit people into the office. The people who are on the high performer list, um, like 67 or 68% of the people who were tagged as up and coming leaders in the company, they were all work from home associates. I mean, every metric you can come up with pointed to you should have everybody working from home and really just focus on delivery. What are they delivering for their role and let them have that flexibility so they can create balance in their lives because they're going to deliver more. Uh, they didn't love that answer, but uh, nonetheless, there is a and lot that's of how Doug got retired. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. But there is a lot of value to us having the balance in our lives that will create that space so that we can deliver more. And it's not about how much time we're putting in. It's about what we deliver. But OG, I think that from our coaching, that's even a misnomer because it's not even about delivery. It's about you have to have that time because that's what creates the creativity and the delivery. It's not that you deserve it at all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the outcome is uh, value provided or given or whatever you want to say. That's the outcome. But in order to have that, you need to have the creativity space to do that. You know, however you want to phrase it. Some fancy word that Doug used. I don't even know. <laughs> White space. Tabula Hakuna Matata. Got to be your Hakuna Matata time. Dr. Santos writes a few here. Number one, and just uh, pitch in if you do these, uh, go to bed early. Any of you guys uh, practice that one? Go to bed early? Letting you, you, I do. Dana, you go to bed early. I do too. <laughs> but I get up early. I do too. But I think I was in bed around 8.30 last night. It depends on the night, but sometimes if my brain says it's time, I'm just, I'm out. Yeah. And Len, you as well? Yeah, nine o'clock usually is my bedtime, but I'm up at five and sometimes before that. So I'm on same here. I'm on too much of a yo yo. I'm either up really late or in bed really early, and I need to stop that. Second, take an hour off for lunch and talk to people. Who does that one? Any of you guys do that one? No, I, I love talk the- to Doug when I drive to Chick Fil A. <laughs> Perfect. There it is. It's talking to Doug, talking to somebody. There's a meme that I love. I love that book, Never Eat Alone. I think that's a fantastic book about networking and about what they're talking about here. Network, talk to people, exchange ideas. But I love the meme with the dude who's sitting in the workplace lunchroom reading Never Eat Alone while, while he's eating alone. 
right? Yeah. (laughs) Number three on this list and your working day on time. Dana, when I was a financial planner, I had a mentor tell me this. Your loved ones are never going to recognize the fact that some days you're done early, some days you're not. You come home early one time and they think you can come home early all the time. And yet by the same token too, having your day end at the same time kind of trains your brain. Do you end your day at the same time? No, my days end all over the place. So sometimes I'm teaching live YouTube classes and I might be here till 7.30 or 8 and other days I may leave at 4 and some days I may have a meeting at 6 a.m. because we have clients in 33 states and so it's, it's all over the place for me. Yeah. Do you like the suggestion though, trying to make it uniform all the time? You know, I'm not a uniform all the time kind of person. So (laughs) I like variety. So a little bit of variety and I prefer the flexibility to adjust my day. If it's easier one morning to start really early and be able to be done early, I I like having those options. Man, I so prefer just working during the day. Nighttime hours just always kill me. I just want to be doing my own thing. Len, how about you? Well, you said yours already. You said your job sometimes can be 24-7. Yeah, um, but that doesn't mean I don't try to impose (laughs) regular hours and I will block off on my computer. I will put out of office at what should be my normal, but that doesn't mean I'm, you know, inflexible. If somebody wants to really push me or there's something that's an emergency that must be done. I mean, obviously I override that, but I try to force that on people and let them see on my calendar. Hey, I don't plan to be here after a certain time. Speaking of that, Len, you've got a monster commute. You ever do this one? Think of your commute as idle time. Like you get to listen to the radio, have some fun. You know what? I read that and I was shaking my head. It's like now maybe it's because I'm in Southern California and the commute is hell usually when you're driving, at least on, for me when I was coming home, when I was going, it wasn't so bad. But it was not pleasurable. So there, no, I, to me, that is not downtime. That is, you know, stress time. So if, at least in Southern California, it's not pleasant. I have a really short commute. I loved that because – There was times where I was trying to schedule, I called in my drive time calls. So, you know, have the hands free. And so I try to use that time productively. I only have a 22 minute commute. It's not, not that bad. So you can multitask, Dana. Well, I mean, I can talk (laughs) with both hands on the wheel. (laughs) (laughs) I would drive right off the road trying to do a meeting like that. Len can't do that. (laughs) Did you find that you liked it though? Or did you, did you kind of cancel that practice? You know, I really like that suggestion. No, I I canceled that practice for the most part. Every once in a while, there's a, you know, one-off conversation that I might use that time. But I like just putting on music or having that quiet time. I'd never seen that in writing before this article. I thought it was great. There has to be like the little shutdown. You know, you get the, people talk a lot about morning routines. Yeah. You get up, you have this, but you have to have the evening shutdown ritual also. And sometimes we do that for bed, right? Brush our teeth, put in our pajamas, you know, do whatever like kind of that steps are, but coming into or out of the office, I think is just as important. I work from home, have for a long time for our family. The trigger is when the door is closed, like I'll try not to leave the office any later than six, a lot of times earlier, but then I'll walk out and close the door. Like the office is locked and that lets everybody know and more me subconsciously like, Nope, we're done with work for the day and everything stays in this room, you know? So yeah. I like that. I have, that, I have trouble transitioning out of work. I do my you, mind sometimes, and then I won't be paying attention at home because I'm still right. thinking about something. Yeah. That's a, that's a harder transition for me. Yeah. yeah. 
I will admit I was guilty. I, I can remember a couple of vacations I went on where I was actually working on vacation. And I mean, we went somewhere, you know, I went to a resort. I wore that as oh, a badge. Oh, my God. And, and I was, was so horrible. mad. I would. I would get angry at myself. It's yeah. like, you know, how am I letting myself do it? But I had, you know, I saw it as I had to do it. And, you know, I regret that now. <laughs> but yeah, so you, you got to watch yourself. If you can help, you know, avoid that, please do. Man, me too. I'm with you. I would totally do that and told everybody, I'm like, no, I work a couple hours a day while I'm on vacation. That was stupid. Yeah, if I could stupid. take that back. Uh, last on this list, by the way, don't automatically pick up your smartphone you, when you have a spare moment. Have you ever tried not to pick up your cell phone? I was at the eye doctor this morning. The nurse left the room. I'm waiting for the doctor. First thing I do, I have a book with me. I've got a magazine with me. I reach for my smartphone immediately. Like, like no, did anybody figure out how to not do that? Anybody pick the lock on that one? I leave mine out of sight a lot. So at work, I'll leave Just it out of sight. don't bring it. Just don't bring it. Yep. At home, I leave it in the other room. That helps a lot. Yep, me too. I'm old school. I don't even use my smartphone for anything other than phone calls, believe it or not. I don't surf on it. I don't do anything. Well, on I believe calls. it. I've texted you numerous times with no reply. <laughs> it takes a while, doesn't Len, it? Len, I'm yeah. at the door. Please open. I've got the pizzas I'm, we discussed. I'm serious. Yeah. Yeah. The only one I've mastered is uh, at restaurants. Somebody gave me this tip a few years ago. Everybody stacks their phones in the middle of the table. And e even if the people with me don't yes. do that, I take my phone, I turn it upside down, I put it in the middle of the table. And then every time I reach for it, I have to reach halfway across the table. And then I realize that I'm doing it again. And it's like six or seven times a meal. Doug's looking at me All like, right. that's not a great thing. No, you've never once done that with me. Well, with you. That's... <laughs> 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 Case in point. We, yeah. Uh, hey, can I say one thing about this this YouTube thing we're on right now? I, I was looking. I was like, when did when did the honeybee buy that plant? I'm looking behind me and I see a plant, and it was Dana's plant. Actually, it was in it was the plant on her corner of her screen there. So it, I didn't it, it realize. Was, I thought that was the, on my screen. In the square next to you. <laughs> yes, it was on the square next to me. I was like, but I thought it was on my square there, and I was looking at, for the plant that we had uh, bought. It does feel kind of <laughs> like an episode of the Brady Bunch here, though, with all these little squares. <laughs> Uh, coming up next, the second half of this discussion, we've talked about your workplace environment and how to clean that up and buy yourself time, which in, which also buys you some money. But second, we're going to talk about financial moves. What financial moves are there out there where it's better to do nothing? That is coming up in the second half of the show. But before we get to that, of course, we take a break in the middle of every show for our year-long competition between our three main contributors, where we feed them some trivia for maybe the absolutely worst trophy of all time uh, that currently OG's hanging on to. Dana, today you're playing on behalf of uh, contributor Paula Pant. And you know what? That brings up, there's some good news and some bad news when you're playing for Paula. Do you want the good news or the bad news first? Well, let's, let's get the bad news out of the way first. I'm so sorry, Paula. <laughs> Well, the bad news is you're already in last place, which maybe for you is the good news because there's not that much pressure unless uh, you're feeling some pressure to maybe get Paula back in the game. You have five and a half points, you and Team Paula. OG has six and a half points. And last week, OG, while you were away, 
uh, Len pulled further ahead, winning last week's competition. So he's now at nine with a commanding lead. So I think OG is uh, not going to be taking any time off anytime soon again, so we can maybe get back in the there game. Uh, Dana, that also means because you're in last, you also get to pick last. So you get to hear what everybody else does first. But to get there, I think, Doug, you've got our trivia question today. What do we got brewing? Hey there, stackers. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. Ah, flying a kite. The thing kids used to do before they started watching people fly kites on TikTok. Good thing Franklin didn't live in Japan, though, because at one point, kite flying was banned in that country because too many people preferred flying kites to going to work. So what year were kites banned in Japan? I'll be back with the answer after I try to get this stupid knot undone. <laughs> Doug and I, Doug and I had really a t- locked in there. Ton of fun looking up this question. This was a fascinating one. And we start with you, Mr. Penzo. Kites banned in Japan. The kite making industry died in Japan. People stacking fewer. Ben- well, they don't stack Benjamins in Japan. What's the currency? The uh, yen, right? Yen, they're stacking yes. yen. Yep, stacking yen. fewer yen uh, in the in, the, uh, in that industry. I don't know. That's another one. Who knows? Let's see. Kites. Um, well, I, I don't think this is in the 1900s. It's got to be in the 1800s or 1700s. Probably the 1800s. I'm just going to hit right in the middle and say 1850. You think 1850 in Japan they outlawed kites? Mr. OG? I was thinking similar timeframes as uh, Len for no other reason than the strategery that goes into it. Um, not going to make it super easy for uh, for Dana here to pick a different uh, number. I'm going to say uh, 1791. It's an odd number just to really <laughs> foul everyone up on the math. Maybe needs to be, uh, well, who knows? Dana, you've got uh, 1850 and 1791. What was your first thought when you heard this question? I am all the way on the other side of the spectrum. I mean, how would you even enforce kite banning in the 1700s? I mean, do you send like, you know, stone tablets out to let everyone know that the kites are banned? I don't know. So I went with 1963. 1963 ah. they banned kites so much that's much more recent time frame well yeah. that's cool we yeah. got like three different eras here guys 1850 1791 and 1963 we'd love to tell you who's right and we will but in just a minute well if you're new to stacking benjamins you may not know that i've tried out a lot of personal finance apps i like to be a guinea pig and try out all these things so i know what i'm talking about when it comes to Uh, what's helpful and what isn't helpful. And uh, the app that I've used the longest has been Monarch Money. And it's because Cheryl and I, my spouse, were able to collaborate together. We can work on our goals together and our budget and our goals are right next to each other on the app. It is clearly the next generation of personal finance apps. So what is it? Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You create custom budgets, Track progress toward financial goals and collaborate with your partner. And now, because you're a stacker, you'll get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. I love the fact that we get to collaborate. I love the fact that it's customizable. 
And I also love that it's this ad-free privacy you can trust. They never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. After trying out Monarch myself, I totally get why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, because you're a stacker, you're going to get an extended 30-day free trial to try it out like I try out many different apps. And this one was sticky for me because, well, you'll see when you try out the 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y.com slash Benjamins for your extended 30-day free trial. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Well, don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment's the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal, rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line, and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money's breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money in the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Len, you kicked this off at 1850. Now that you heard uh, Dana and OG lock in their bets, you, you like where you sit? Yeah, I, I kind of do, actually. I think I got a little bit of the 1900s in there. I think I got, uh, yeah, I do. I like where I'm at. Oh, gee, 1791. Dana thinks that might have been way too early. Like, how do you enforce a kite ban in 1791? Morse code, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Was, was, it, if. was, it, was there Morse code <laughs> in 1791 yet? Sounds like a trivia question, a future, but probably a future trivia question. Dana, you've got you've got uh, a big chunk of the 1900s. Feeling I, good? It just yeah, I'm feeling good about it. All right, well, let's see how good you should feel. Doug, what's our answer, my friend? Hey there, stackers! I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. Flying a kite is one of life's greatest joys. Until you see your first television set. But they didn't have those back in those days on the island nation of Japan. Kites became the new PlayStation, and too many people were calling in sick. So what year did Japan ban kite flying? Well, it was about 203 years before Dana's guess in the year 1760, which means OG was only 31 years off, and he is today's winner. Nice job, Mr. OG. Getting himself back in the game here. OG now back at at seven and a half. And uh, Dana only 200 and some years off, so good work there. It's like market timing, you know, we just shouldn't do it. That's right. How many times have you been on the show? Maybe four? I think I think about four. Yeah. yeah maybe have, five. Have you won? I don't remember. I, it means so much wow, to her. That's how important talking. it is to her. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's like, I will wipe that away, which might be code for no as well, right? <laughs> she, could be. Yes. Let's move on, Joe. Move on. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> speaking, speaking of moving on, time for the second half of our conversation. Let's go. Second 
second half of this conversation where we go from the workplace uh, into talking about your money specifically is brought to you by Magnify Money. Uh, Len Penzo, you know what happens when you go to stackybenjamins.com slash Magnify Money? I do, but I'd, I'll defer to Dana. Maybe she can redeem herself here with the from that last question. Wait, what happens when you go to Stacking Benjamins or Flash Magnify I Money? She Help can't. <laughs> you find out. Way to throw Dana under the bus, lad. That's good. It's like I'm just gonna just gonna let Dana take this one. Dana, here's what happens. You find out that those uh, products you use every day at your brick and mortar bank probably not best in class. Over 92% of all those stuff online ranked against each other. CDs, money markets, checking accounts, savings accounts, all at magnifymoney.com. Go to stackybenjamins.com slash magnifymoney because that's how they find out that we sent you. Remember the old days, Len Penzo? You're the old guy. You walk into a place and you always had to say, so-and-so sent me to get the discount. <laughs> and where's my toaster? That's right. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I thought it was stadium blanket or a Frisbee. Yeah. Or whatever. All right. We're going to throw away this uh, this fantastic piece from the science of well-being at this point. And now I'd like to get all of our money pros, uh, all your favorite things. And Dana, let's do the obvious one first. There's one thing I'm sure that everybody thinks about, especially a CFP, that's a great time to do nothing when it comes to your money. Yeah, I think when people see the latest headlines and they instantly want to change their investment allocation, that's the one that comes to most of our minds. So you build a long-term allocation plan. It's designed to weather in our case, a 20 or 30 year time horizon. And then the headline comes out and the client's like, I think we should do this or I think we should do that. And to me, those are the perfect times to do nothing. But of course we say that it's what we always say each time this question comes up. How hard is it at a time like now when you've got some asset classes down more than others, you meet with your client to rebalance their portfolio and they come in and they're like, ooh, there's this one that's doing really well, Dana. And then you have to tell them that rebalancing means they do the exact opposite of what they're hoping for. Is that a difficult conversation? Well, so in our process, we're working with people who are living off their acorns. So we don't rebalance in the way that you're describing. We have bonds set to mature or CDs set to mature to meet clients' near-term cash flow. So so it's a really different kind of question. That might be a great question to throw to OG. You know, for accumulation clients, yeah, we're working on that rebalancing process in a more traditional sense. But right now we're just saying, hey, leave the stock portion alone. When it's going up, we will sell pieces of it and buy CDs or bonds that are going to mature. And right now those CDs and bonds that you already have are maturing and we're going to use that to fund your retirement paycheck. So you're just harvesting the stuff that's down the least or up the most in times like now, if necessary. We harvest, well, right now we don't need to. We yeah. planned that out. You know, we plan 10 years out. So we don't have to mess with anything that's down right now. We have plenty of time to wait for a good year and there'll be plenty of those over the next seven to 10 years. Oh, gee, hard for clients to rebalance if they're in the accumulation phase? Well, I don't really think so. I mean, maybe emotionally, but from an analytics standpoint, it's it kind of sort of makes sense. You know, it's like you want to acquire the things that are at a lower cost and sell the things that are at a higher cost. And uh, that's that buy low, sell high type of thing. And by and large, most people rebalance automatically through their normal contributions. You know, if you've got an investment allocation that that is the way that it should be, 
then your normal monthly payroll contributions or your systematic investing every month will mostly take care of that, except for the most extreme circumstances, maybe like, you know, during the during the early parts of COVID when the market was down. But the interesting thing, I think, on the rebalancing thing that's going on right now is that everything is behaving very similarly. And that whole idea of let's have lots of safety and in fixed income just really hasn't materialized. And uh, people are kind of surprised by that. So I think that's a little bit uh, more timely than anything. But especially if you're accumulating, I mean, it's such a great thing to think about perspective and look back at five years ago, you would have said, I'd, I'd love to take a 70% return over five years in the market. And that's what you have. It's, you've got a 70% return in the last five years. That's still better than average. Uh, it just so happens that you also had that same 70% return 15 months ago. So that looked a lot better in four years than it does in five, but it's still good. You yeah. know, just, just be okay with it. Len, we just covered the obvious one. Leave your hand out of the cookie jar. That's your portfolio at times like now. Let's go over some ones that might be seem a little more esoteric for people. What's another place where doing nothing with your money is maybe the best move? Well, uh, how about keeping up with the Joneses? I think a lot of people uh, want to do that. They'll see their neighbors got a new car or their neighbors just remodeled their house or something. And you feel, you know, you kind of feel the peer pressure to do the same. Well, that's a <laughs> check. <laughs> yeah. check. So, I mean, but, give but, me another you know, one. <laughs> it helps to, it really helps to check, you know, check yourself and not before you not follow them for the sake of following them. That's just uh, sit back, take a deep breath and, and, you know, look at yourself and your finances and see if that really makes sense. Wreck yourself. Thank you. Len's, Len's like, uh, honeybee, we can live in a tent for a few more years. <laughs> I know they have siding on their house. We don't need any siding on our house. Like I just upgraded the bunker. There's no money for anything else right now. No new the likelihood cars, no of rain in Southern California. It's very low. Right. We just, don't need to course. have a roof. Just because everybody else has windows you know doesn't mean we need windows. You know what? You brought that up, Ojama. When I was a kid and I was grew up in Southern California, our house needed a new roof. And the roofing company told my dad that's exactly they, they took the roof off. It was in the summertime and they said they didn't cover. They didn't put a tarp or anything over oh, no. because it doesn't rain. <laughs> and that's over the weekend. It rained. There was a big old summer rainstorm, a rarity, but it just, and oh my God, it was such a mess. And I remember my dad had to go to court with these guys. Are you kidding me? They didn't want to fix it then? No, nope, nope, nope. (laughs) Wow. Hey, I know it's our fault, but we're going to make you take us to court. Yeah. Wow. Does that suck? That's horrible. Yeah. Uh, uh, Dana, what's another one where doing nothing might be your right move? You know, what came to my mind is you'd have to do something in order to do nothing, but setting everything up on auto pay. So it would take that bit of work. But because we work with clients in the decumulation phase, we talk about the go-go years, the slow-go years, the no-go years. And when people slow down, oftentimes it starts about mid-70s. They get forgetful. We had a client who shared with us, he just got diagnosed with mild cognitive decline. And I asked, you know, how did you know what led you to go to your doctor? And he said, I, you know, started missing bills. And so setting things up on auto pay, unfortunately, after practicing over 25 years, I've seen cases where people missed a key insurance payment later in life and the insurance policy lapsed and they ended up needing it. And if that had just been set up on auto pay, you know, auto pay retirement paychecks coming out of their account into their 
their main checking account, auto bill pay for their insurance policies. Yeah, you had to do something to get it set up. But once it's set up, you get to do nothing. What were those years? You said the no-go. They're called the go-go years, so early retirement. The slow-go years, which often start around your mid-70s. And then the no-go years, so oftentimes around your 80s where health conditions, um, you know, kind of overtake a lot of other things. You forgot one. Which one? The BOGO years. The BOGO years. The buy one, get one free. (laughs) Do we, when does that occur? Nobody, everybody's shaking their head. Okay, that's going on the cutting room. <laughs> we can buy years. I didn't know that that was an option. We get to buy years. Is this years. like buying pension years? I, th- I think Len's talking about know. the ARP discount years, is what he's. Is that what you're referring to? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. It was a bad joke. Throw it away. Just take that out and post. Done. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> OG's already forgotten it. <laughs> Yeah. And thrown. But, oh, gee, what Dana says, I think, is right on also, though, for accumulators, because people always try to, you know, buy the dip. I'm going to save money and then I'm going to buy the dip. If you yeah. if you have it on automatic investment, you don't play this roulette game. Well, you're doing it right. I mean, it's like it's happened. The, those are my favorite things. So like, oh, I, you know, maybe I'll wait and, and wait for the market. It's, it's happened. It already has happened many, 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 many times. You know, and where were you then? Why didn't you go get a mortgage and refinance your house and take all the equity out of your house and dump it in the market? And because it's stupid, you know, you're not going to do that. You're just going to do the thing that's just kind of set up and follow the plan. That's the do nothing stuff. I think in kind of concert with this, the way that you want to set up the doing nothing is to make sure that you've got the time to set aside to do nothing. Len said it before about meditation, you know, being quiet by yourself. If you haven't sat in a chair in a quiet room doing nothing, like just go try it and see how long you last. It is very hard to do because there's so much sensory stuff going on all the time in our lives, whether it's your phone or the background noise of the kids or your work environment, or you go to Starbucks and you work there. There's always this kind of hum and bustle of stuff going on, sit in a quiet room by yourself and then try to guess how long you've sat there. It's like they did this study when we were having kids, not a study, a thing that they did for like new parents where they had everybody close their eyes. They dimmed the lights. So it was all nice and dark. So this is, you know, expecting mom and their spouse or partner. And then they had this nice soothing music going. And then they cranked up this loud baby crying. Like just screaming how babies do, right? They cry. At like night. the one on my and flight right behind me uh, on the way home last week. Yeah. How lucky are you? So they did this and the instructor's like, nope, you got to keep your eyes closed. Don't just whatever. And they just kept it going, 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 kept it going. Wah, wah, like that, like newborn cry. And then they said, okay, everybody write down how long it's been. Don't look at your watch. And everybody's like 50 minutes. It's been 35. It was like 90 seconds. <laughs> it's like the most, it just seems like forever. You got to be able to kind of train yourself to, to have that proverbial detox time. Perspective. And, and, and that gives you the opportunity to then be in the moment to make good decisions, which largely are to uh, just sit there. I want to end with you. What is your... Um what's your tip that was that was all of it buddy that, that, that was, was the, the whole tip. that was the that was it that was 
I, I put it all together in one package. I, I got with it. A story. I thought you were just transitioning into like I layered multiple stories on top of one another. Brilliant! I, it was just a magical, Fantastic. experience for everybody who was paying attention. It was so so magical. I didn't even know that that was the thing. So it, it was yes. so great that you didn't even know that that was the thing. It was That's sublime. Okay. It was sublime. The I'm quite amazing. You know, the one that I had was a spot where maybe doing nothing makes the most sense. I've met a lot of people that when they have something that happens to their house or to their car, they automatically call their insurance agent. I would try to sometimes do the math first before because your insurance price may go up enough that and if it's close to your deductible amount, it probably would make more sense to just pay it out of pocket and do not file the claim. So maybe do nothing is, is mine. A little modified. All right. That's going to do oh, it. Yeah. Dana? I've got one more. I mean, I see people that go to these free lunch seminars or read the latest article on news, you know, you know, and they're high pressure. If you get do this by this Friday, you're going to get this rate or this to me, there's where you do nothing. Also. I like that one. The Warren Buffett line that there's no such thing as a called strike in investing. Don't have to do it. I should have asked. Lan, OG, you guys got another one? Well, I was going to say for something, but it's, it's just, it's, it's really, it's kind of taking from Dana's main point anyways. I was going to say, if there's something you want to buy that's big, like a car or something on a, on a whim, you know, wait don't, on it. don't do it, wait, out. wait, yep. yeah, take a, take a sleep on it, you know, but that's kind of, that's kind of stole from Dana. So I didn't, but still like good, it. good suggestion. Absolutely. That's going to do it for today. Let's find out what all of you are doing right now where you work. OG, let's start with you. Big plans this weekend. Yeah. Oh yeah. As a matter of fact, golf tournament that we are going to win. I'm thinking, and then I'm getting on an airplane and going to the beach for a week. So I'll see oh. you losers later. Show off. Oh my goodness. Uh, Mr. Penzo, what's going on at lempenzo.com? I got nine financial tips for teens and 20-somethings based on probably the nine of the most basic things you might want to know from a personal finance and life perspective at uh, lenpenzo.com. Awesome. Fantastic. Great reading as always at lenpenzo.com. Dana, thanks for hanging out with us again. I appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. A I love it. Circus as usual. <laughs> feel like <laughs> we save a lot of the circus for what data's here. What's going on at Sensible Money? What's coming up? Tell me. Oh, we got a webinar coming up on how to make a retirement spending plan aka budget. I don't like the word budget. I like spending plan. So I've been working on the slides for that. I think it's next Thursday or the Thursday after. It's on our website, sensiblemoney.com. And then I've Personally, I've taken up pickleball and it's kind of fun. I like it. Nice. I have never, have, have you guys played pickleball? I never have. It's too trendy for me. <laughs> do you take your pug? Do you take your pug to the pickleball court? I don't have a pug. No, I have a pit bull, but uh, I don't think he would like it. <laughs> Close second. All right. Uh, that's going to do it. You'll find Dana at Sensible Money. And again, the, t the, the Twitter, since I got it wrong the first time, I'll let you say it. At Money Over 55. Yes, at Money Over 55. All right. Uh, that's going to do it for today. A lot of people to thank. By the way, if you want to hang out with us as we make it make this live, uh, come join us. We're doing this just for the summer where we're doing live recordings. Head to uh, YouTube, the Stacky Benjamins YouTube page, and join us at 5 p.m. Eastern and do the math on wherever you're at. And you can hang out with us while we make the show. All right, Doug, you got it from here. What should we have learned today? 
Well, Joe, first, don't be afraid to take some time to rest and be idle. What have we been buying all these time-saving appliances for if we don't have time to relax a little bit? Plus, doing nothing is also the best option when it comes to your investments. Like a good wine, let them breathe. Second, take a pro tip from Len. Just put an indefinite out-of-office message on your email. You'll get tons of downtime at work. But the big lesson? Sure, go fly a kite, but maybe don't tell Joe's mom to join you. I went upstairs after the trivia question. She's like all stressed out, so I told her, hey, go fly a kite. Lady totally bit my head off. Apparently, she's not into kite flying as much as the Japanese are. Thanks to Dana Onspa for joining us today. You can find Dana at sensiblemoney.com. Thanks to Len Penzo for joining us. You can find Len at lenpenzo.com. Thanks also to OG for joining us today. Looking for good financial planning help? Head to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash OG for some amazing pictures. I'm sorry, for his calendar. This show is the property of SP Podcast LLC Copyright 2022 and is written in part by Paulette Perhatch, who helps writers power their words, their work, and their earning potential with her Powerhouse Writers Coaching Program. Find out more at powerhousewriters.com. Thanks also to our team who made today possible. Karen Repine is our producer. Tina Eichenberg and Gertrude Smith are our social media mavens. And Brooke Miller handles the show notes and our amazing newsletter, The 201. Not only should you not take advice from these losers, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Before making any financial decisions, speak to a real financial advisor. Sorry, Dana's not a loser. You can take her out of that. (laughs) That's it for today, folks. We'll see you back here on Monday at Stacking Benjamins. Welcome to the after show. This is the part of the show that doesn't exist. You found the hidden track. Congratulations. It's funny as I go around the country, the number of people that tell me that it took them six months. And I saw we were, we're on YouTube doing this. I saw we lost two people uh, after they thought that we, were, that we were long gone or they just don't care about the hidden track. But I was wondering, you know, Len, when you were talking about that, what clearly would have been a homeowner's claim as well as taking the people, them to court... I was thinking about some weird homeowners claims that I've seen and also some things that I had insurance agents tell me off the record to do. Like, number one, don't commit insurance fraud because you heard this on the show. So I just want to make that clear. (laughs) However, I did have an insurance agent tell me that if your dog ruins something in your house and you instead say a raccoon did it, one is your pet. The other one is 
a wild animal and one is covered and one isn't. I don't know if that is still true. And like I said, don't commit insurance fraud. However, <laughs> that is uh, just. But if you're going to do it, if you're gonna let do me it. give you the script. <laughs> let me tell you exactly how this works. Yes. Oh, gee, that could be our, you know, how they say you need a lead magnet to get people to watch your stuff, you know, to subscribe to your things. That could be our lead magnet. How to cheat on your insurance. No. Probably, probably not. But anyway, I'm thinking of weird claims. Like I had a hawk in my grill one time. Like there's mine. Who who has had a hawk fly into their grill? And by the way, the hawk was still alive. And uh, we were sure that there's no way that hawk could be alive. And we knew it was alive when we're driving down the road after we hear this thump and this thing just comes into the grill when we're driving along at 60 miles an hour in this grill huge, of your car. Okay. Yes. Grill yeah, of the car. Are we talking about your mouth, Joe? Thinking, Which grill? Were you? Oh. I was thinking like cooking grill. I was oh, like, like, what? Mm, no, hawk, grill of our car. Like this hawk hits our car. And then we're driving down the road a little further, and this big wing comes up over the hood and then goes back down. And it happened a couple times before we were able to pull over, so we were sure that uh, the, and the hawk was alive. And it was half in the grill. And um, anyway, that's my weird claim. Danny had a weird homeowner's car insurance claim. You know, not weird, but I had someone break into my house once in January 2012. Oh, no. And yeah, they went to the master bedroom and took all the jewelry, but they ransacked. Like every drawer was open. It was like you see in the movies. There was just stuff pulled out and stuff everywhere. And the crazy thing is the front door wasn't locked, but they kicked it in. <laughs> so- just because that's what you do. You got to keep your bad boy street cred. (laughs) And here's the even crazier thing. So I had my dog had passed away and I had his ashes. They were going to go to Colorado with me to to go out in his favorite hiking trail. And so they were in my underwear drawer and I and it was a bag of white powder and they stole it. And so I didn't realize it till later in the year. I went to go to Colorado and I'm like, I know they what they thought that was. They probably thought they got a big pile of drugs and it was my dog's ashes that they stole. The last <laughs> laugh is on them as they're making lines on the dining room table of, yeah. your, of your dog. By the way, I, I know we shared this on one show maybe a year ago, and this was a story that happened in a campground. A couple heard something at three in the morning, didn't think anything about it, went out the next next morning, and there was a hose uh, coming out of their RV where they had tried uh, had tried to siphon gas. The bad news is they accidentally stuck it in the sewer tank instead, and there's this oh. big pile of vomit next to the hose. <laughs> Where they re- realized it a little too late that they'd, yeah. Uh, uh, Len, how about you? Any strange claims? And Len, you're muted. There we go. Can you hear me? Sorry about that. I, w- I went on mute because I w- had to go back into my archives because I know I did a, a story on weird insurance claims once before. So I went and looked at my old archives. This is a, a strange insurance claim. This is true story. Happened in South Carolina in 2008. The homeowner, he had an insurance policy with with three accidental death and dismemberment policies. So what he did is he conspired the, – the homeowner he conspired with his partner to cut off the hand of a mentally disabled friend oh, who was in no. their care. Yeah. So he intentionally cut off his friend's hand with a pole saw. Then he claimed that it was – the friend lost his hand in an accident while the homeowner was sawing a tree down, oh. if you can figure that out. 
uh, and uh, obviously, well, he got caught, and it was for it was for seven hundred fifty thousand dollar claim. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's the lengths people will go for <laughs> insurance fraud. Oh, that is that is Whoa. horrible. Hey, Doug, you want to come over later? <laughs> <laughs> I gotta cut some trees. <laughs> Just asking. <laughs> OG, how as about- long as it's my left hand. <laughs> how about you, OG? Got one? No, just two <laughs> two legit claims. So you know, nothing That's too good. exciting. Just a couple of hail damage roofs, which is uh, uh, common. Occurrence. Feels like a, a scam every time you get a new roof in Texas, but. Uh, Common occurrence in Texas. Uh, Annette hanging out with us here on YouTube says the house that uh, she bought had 18 flying squirrels in the attic and a snake. Yeah, didn't didn't file a claim, though. Rick had something happen that was similar to me. Said I had a small group of birds fly in front of my truck, but one didn't make it, sadly. I look behind me and I see the bird on the road, but the two to three birds that were with it went and flew to the ground and encircled it like a like a eulogy. They all had a silent prayer for the bird that did not make it past Rick's. They were picking its pockets. Maybe something else going on. Mmm, look. Fresh. No, don't. No? Don't. Okay. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to a live recording of the Stacky Benjamin Show. I'm Joe Saul Seahigh, and you can see we have a fun group of contributors here today. We've got Dana Ansbach to save the show. I'm not going to stop calling you Dana Ansbach. I'm going to keep doing that. I can't. I love it. I've been doing it for too long, and you finally today yeah. tell us that there's a different way to say it. And we've been slaughtering your name Smith. forever. It's pronounced Smith. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Doug, you ready to ready to make a show? Do I get my inspirational music that really pumps me up, or do I have to just wing it? Uh, uh, no, you'll get the, you'll get the music. Yes. Sweet. Yeah, we're doing this whole thing as live as it's we new, possibly It's can. a new track. It's Kesha. It, it, wait a minute. Is, is, is my video for Dana frozen, or is she just like a deer in the headlights and terrified <laughs> to be on camera? <laughs> <laughs> she was okay, pretty good. frozen. All right. It's not taxidermy. It's really Dana. Was I holding super still? You were. It was, it was wow. pretty amazing. It was pretty good. Uh, wow. Yes. I was riveted by waiting for the music. Yeah. All right. We ready to do this, guys? Let's uh, let me Let's get to my stuff. And uh, well, maybe, maybe not. Oh, here we go. Okay. All right. Doug, you're supposed to go oh. live from YouTube. Oh, no, the- I I did. I know. So earlier, Doug, did didn't, Doug didn't have a delay. A delay going? Yeah, there's a uh, big fat delay. Like that. That music. Yeah, actually, that was screen, like you're, that you're like, like a minute. Yeah, frozen was, and blurred on my screen. It was like a one minute delay. Uh oh. Well. This is a restream issue because I've got gigabit giant fat old pipe right up to the interweb machine, so it ain't me. There's so it's many important. jokes in that statement. There's just uh, it's a huge. I have a huge opening, a huge opening that's accepting data both ways. 
It's a bi-directional Stop. pipe. Stop. <laughs> just. No. It's technically accurate. I'm just giving you the technical no. explanation. No. All right. Hold on. When I, so I'm going to start right now and let's see if it's gone away. Here, start right there. Nope. Live from YouTube, okay. it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. It's not going to work, is it? Almost I know. live. I know, and that's, <laughs> yes. I agree with, I agree with Annette. All right. Don't they have these, don't they build this in on purpose with live events so they can dump like all the swear words? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah, that we're dealing with, they instituted the Doug five second rule. All right, here's what we're going to do, Doug. You're just going to have to do it, and then we'll add the we'll add the audio in, in after. Fix it in post, just yes. like my photographer. All right, okay. here we go. What are you doing? All right, you figured it out. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> You're so smart. I wanted to hear you bitch about the lag again and the oh audio my problems. God. And, okay, but Annette loved that. I guarantee you she's <laughs> laughing her ass off right now. We got an audience of one, Annette. Annette, we're just doing this for she's, you. She is calling all seven of her friends right now. Right. Dana's like, no. why am I here? Like, are we actually doing this? Did I blow my hair dry for this? Yes. Well, stackers, the show is over, but the party is just beginning here. You know why? Because it's Military Appreciation Month, and we are giving out shout outs to all of our friends who have served in the military. And let's point uh, the finger right here at our good friend, OG, who spent time in the military. And of course, we know what a giver he is, even when he pretends like he's being uh, Mr. Surly. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members to help them reach their goals. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate, and you'll see all their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. They've got all kinds of resources on their site, like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. So much going on. Just head over to NavyFederal.org slash celebrate. Take a look at all the Military Appreciation Month offers and their usual offers. Navy Federal, our members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender. 